No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. It started on a Friday night, October the 14th, a Jets victory against the New York Rangers. It ends on a Thursday night, April 13th, a Jets defeat to the Colorado Avalanche, but the best time of year is still around the corner. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. And for the 82nd time this regular season, we say good evening, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show. With Dave Manouk, with Ezra Ginsberg, we got the band back together, all together, for this final regular season post-game show. Here to discuss the Jets and the Avalanche. We'll look forward to the playoffs a little bit, have a little bit of fun. All sorts of shenanigans in store as we wrap up 82 regular season games worth of the Illegal Curve post-game show. Good to see both of you gentlemen on this Thursday night. I know that for one, it was sort of nice. This game, as I hit my microphone, we're already off to a great start. This game, a jittery where, there, Drew. How much coffee have you had to drink? I didn't haven't had any, to be honest. I, I I have I only had my one cup this morning, and that was it. But uh, you know, I was thinking about it before the game started or before the post game started. You know, this one game, this really the only meaningless game of the season so far, and it's going to be the only meaningless game of the season, of course, much better than last year where the last sort of six weeks worth of games were meaningless as you're sitting there sort of uh, dreading the post-game shows. Tonight, it's nice. It's relaxed. We got the intensity and the fire out uh, on Tuesday night after the Jets' victory against the Wild, and they clinched the playoff spot then. Tonight, a much more relaxed, much more chill environment, I would say, permeating everybody for tonight's Jets avalanche game. Not sure if you're being tongue-in-cheek, Drew, but I don't think that's a good thing when it comes to the avalanche. Obviously, the Jets didn't well, have anything to play for. But I was, like, I'm just if... talking from the av- from the Jets' perspective. I'm not exactly. But, you know, I, I know you are, but, you know, the avalanche, that wasn't exactly the most intense effort that we've seen from the avalanche. Like, they really just turned it on when they needed to, right? And, and like, you know, they first place is at stake here, right? Yeah. And, you know, I, at, at certain points of this game, like you wondered when the Avalanche were going to turn it up. And and like I mentioned, like they only really, you know, did it, uh, you know, at certain points in the game. So um, obviously the Avalanche had a, a lot more skill in their lineup. But, mm-hmm. you know, you love to see, you know, a player like Carson Kuhlman get back into the lineup or Axel Janssen Fialbi, uh, Kyle Capobianco, Logan Stanley, and also Dominic Toninato, right, who's been having a great year with the Moose obviously was hoping to play more games in the NHL with the Jets. Uh, but I thought, you know, he was, he was good. And look at, I mean, it was, it was a good effort from the Jets, right? Like it was a tie game. Uh, you know, they, it really could have gone either way. Like, it's not like you're, you're going to watch after watching that game, you're going to say like the avalanche, you know, could have had, you know, two or three more goals. Like David Riddick, obviously, you know, he probably would like to have the, the game winning goal back. Right. But um, I, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, no, no, for sure. And, you know, he hasn't played in a long time. It's almost a month yeah. since he's played. I think first game in, in what did Hellbuck start? 13 games or 14 games? 13. Something like, something like that. 13. There you go, Dave. So, uh, you know, good for David Riddick to get a game because obviously if Riddick is, is playing any significant amount of time in the playoffs, something has gone very, very wrong. 
Yeah. Well, there, is... let's put it this way: there will not be a significant amount of time in the playoffs <laughs> if that is the case, my friend. You're absolutely right, but you know, Dave, I I think as he's right, you know, for a Jets team that had nothing to play for mm-hmm. and obviously had a number of regulars out of the lineup, I I thought the Jets handled themselves, you know, pretty well tonight. I mean, obviously they didn't win, but the result is is meaningless. The result doesn't matter. But I I like the effort. I like you know for a, for a mishmash of a lineup, I thought that they uh, they certainly acquitted themselves very well in, in tonight's game against the Avalanche. Uh, and you know that's you know like I said, the game doesn't matter. A lot of these guys aren't going to be playing come uh, playoff time. Mike McIntyre saying that he expects the Jets to start on Tuesday. Time will tell if that's uh, accurate or not. Hopefully, we'll know. More more by the end of the night tonight. But uh, I thought the Jets, you know, for a, a, a mishmash of a team, certainly put forth a, a very a very reasonable effort. Uh, really, an effort better than some of the regular efforts we've seen this year. <laughs> well, first of all, i got to give a, a, a mention to this comment by Spencey because it's a good one. Riddich wasn't even close on that fourth goal. No idea where he was there. Uh, of course, it was an empty net goal, but good one by Spencey. Nonetheless, and look, what have we talked about when the Jets had seven players injured? You're always going to get an honest effort from these guys who come up in the lineup and are hungry. And as as he said, Carson Kuhlman, you know, all of these guys, Kyle Capobianco, they wait their turn, they wait patiently to get back in the lineup. Logan Stanley, uh, you know, David Gustafson, they're they're champing at the bit, not chomping, to to get in that lineup and and make have some sort of impact. So when they actually can, I mean, you, look, these guys have been sitting around practicing for months. I actually was a little surprised, actually, that the Jets didn't choose to send actually Anson Fialbi down to at least get him some games with the Moose because he's eligible mm-hmm. and get him some, keep him, keep him in game shape at least a little bit because you can. Why, why not? And you've got the extras in Kuhlman and Gustafson if in case you need someone in a pinch. But the fact is that all those guys went in and I thought they played a good game and I thought they played an inspired game because you could see them working hard and you, it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't a significant effort, but I mean, look, the Jets started that second period out shooting the avalanche, defending Stanley cup champs who have something to play for in that game. You know, they outshot them seven to one to start and obviously had the one goal in that stretch, but for a Jets team that really had no incentive to play, mm-hmm. You know, you you really just expected them to bubble wrap everyone. Yeah, the, and, the, and and the and, objective and, to be to get out of the game without anyone well, getting that's, injured. That's why I, we were listening to the broadcast. As and I were here at my place, and you weren't watching uh, it. Well, we were listening to what Dan Robertson had to say because I uh, couldn't see Dan Robertson, so I was listening to Dan Robertson. I, I thought maybe you guys were just being old school and just listening to Paulie and Jamie on the radio. Well, maybe I, you know, I'd curled up in front that. of a fire or something. You know, just yeah, right of, there. We yeah, actually put a sheet, a bed sheet, uh, to cover the TV, Drew. We just didn't want to watch it. We only wanted to hear yeah. Dan uh, Robertson and, and Kevin Sawyer. It, but we it, also it had the, the radio Passover. It is Yontif, is it not? It's, it's, you know, it's, it's over. It's over. Anyways, the point I'm trying to make before I was side almost pinched sidebarred was the fact that on the broadcast, Dan Robertson's like, well, wouldn't it be great if they went to overtime? And I'm like, no, I don't think anybody would think it's going to be great if they go to overtime and have a chance to get injured. This this game is meaningless. You want this game to end in regulation if you're the Winnipeg Jets. You don't need overtime. You don't need what we saw with Vladimir Nemesnikov going into the you know the post and yeah. and potentially cracking a rib or doing something significant. Kevin Stanlin leaving the game. Kevin Stanlin didn't, of course, well, play Nemestnikov after the was- second period. Yeah, sorry, Dave. I was just going to quickly say, Nemesnikov was uh, called earlier in the game for tripping uh, Miko Rantanen, right? And mm-hmm. it was it was knee on knee, right? So like, yeah, this is this is why like 
you know, I, I'm, we're not going to get into the whole load management thing here. I mean, because the Avalanche needed this game to finish first in the Central, right? So that's why they they iced the best lineup that they could. Obviously, Kale McCarr, Josh Manson, those guys are not playing. You know, we should mention, I think everybody has heard the news by now probably, but Captain Gabe Landeskog is not going to play in the playoffs. And, and mm -hmm. you wonder if that had any impact. And obviously, it's tough to quantify that because, I mean, they won the game, but... You wonder, like it, it has to on some level, boys. It has yeah. to have an impact because that's that's your captain, that's yeah. one of your better players, and the Avalanche can can probably still you know win a round or two. I don't know if they're going to be able to win the Stanley Cup without Landeskog. I also just don't think their team is as good without uh, Nazem Kadri, yeah. Andre Burakovsky. Obviously, you know there there are some question marks uh, in goal. So I just think that you know uh, this Avalanche team. Um, you know, as opposed to the Jets, we know they had to, to play for something. But uh, yeah, I think it was it, it was pr a pretty impressive effort by the Jets, and and not the easiest uh, you know type of game to come into, right? Like, nice to see. We've already talked about the guys you know that haven't been playing a lot come into the lineup, but I think it's it's almost even harder for some of the regulars in the lineup, right? <laughs> like Kyle Connor had a good game. You know, we saw him you know bank the shot off of Gorgiev, and then it hit the crossbar and. You know, he was generating, he had a wraparound in the third period, looked like he might, you know, put one in there past Gorgiev. But you know, I, I think it's kind of tough to play in, in, in a meaningless game, you know, mm -hmm. more so for the veterans, right? We know that, you know, a guy like Dominic Toninato, I mean, this is just, a, you know, a bonus game for him because he's obviously going to go back down to the moose. So, um, yeah, we're obviously not going to take this game too seriously, but I think you have to be happy with the effort. You definitely wouldn't like it if the Jets got, you know, pounded 5 nothing or 6 nothing. Uh, something like that. You don't want to have that as your last memory going into the first round, right? Yeah, I would agree with with that. As you know, I thought that was a good point. You know, the, you know, you want to be playing well, or at least putting forth the right. You want your game to look right, at least right. as you're entering into the playoffs. Now, you know, to a man, the Jets will probably say that the result, you know, doesn't matter, or you know, they know that the result doesn't matter. So, in that sense, the fact that it's a loss entering the playoffs isn't the end of the world. But for a team that's been so inconsistent, Dave, with their effort all season long. Long and so inconsistent and so you're you know so to the point that you know rick bonus really didn't know what to expect and which team's going to show up at least this is the resemblance of the team uh that had been playing so well and winning you know five of their last six games to get to this point where game 82 is ultimately meaningless yeah no there's no question about it and you want to you want to see that effort and that's what fans all fans have been asking for is that the give a shit level is high and that guys actually care and even in, like as he's right, you didn't want to see the Jets just lay an egg and get pounded six nothing. You wanted to see an effort, and that to me is why it was critical for the Jets. The Jets didn't have to beat the Colorado Avalanche tonight. Nobody was like nobody is like steaming mad at dirt right now that the, yeah. the Jets didn't win this hockey game. But <laughs> fans are are happy with the except fact Stars that, fans, except some Stars fans. It's true, but the but the truth is that I think fans are happy with what they saw from a lot of guys. You know, Morgan Barron had another really good game. Mm -hmm. He continues to perform at, a, at an exceptional level, especially given the fact that he's had more limited minutes. And, you know, actually, Anton Fielby was was skating well. So, I mean, it's not easy. It's not easy to, to just go into these games having sat for as long as a lot of these guys have and to, you know, be in game shape against the Colorado team that, you know, needed to win this hockey game. You know, yeah. again, they, they I, I agree with Ezzy. I, I think that it did feel like, there was a bit of a malaise around Colorado, perhaps because of the news with respect to their captain. Yeah. Uh, they just didn't seem to have, you know, a ton of jump, but 
you know, in a game that actually meant something to them and knowing that the Jets were, you know, sporting six new bodies. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, like I said, this is a team that you wanted to see that compete, that effort, and that's exactly what the Jets brought tonight. Yeah, exactly right. We'll keep a, a bit of a close eye on the out-of-town scoreboard as we go through the post-game show tonight. Do we have to do that? The chat's going to do it for us. I know Come the on. chat's going to do it for us, but they don't do it for the podcast listeners. Podcast point. listeners, Dave, think about them. Stop think, being so insular. Stop, Drew, Drew, who do you think Who do you think works on the podcast and has it up within five minutes of this show ending? Not I, you. I, I didn't say that you don't do the work. I you just said, said think you about to... the people. Yes. You think who about... do you think thinks about them more than me? Well, Nobody. Cl- clearly me, because I want to update the score of the Oilers. I'm clipping game. things. I'm clipping audio. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Trust me, I'm doing lots of the podcast, folks. Drew, I got to go with Dave on this one. He is the people's champ. There you go. Four two Edmonton. Uh, the start <laughs> of the third period. There, uh, the expectation, of course, would be that the Oilers are going to hold on to that, and then it'll all come down to the Golden Knights and the Seattle Kraken. Uh, that game halfway through the first period, the Golden Knights still looking for their first shot on goal. Kraken uh, still zero. Zero, but the Kraken have been uh, controlling that game uh, so far. It actually matters as well for the Kraken in that yeah. if they win and the Anaheim and the Los Angeles Kings lose to the Anaheim Ducks, the Kraken would get third spot in the Pacific Division. Yeah, so, these games actually matter. Still, yeah, they matter for every team. But that's not the Jets as happened. <laughs> yeah. You know, the Jets and the Minnesota Wild. The Wild are now locked into the uh, are are locked into third spot in the Central Division. Can't even uh, beat Nashville. Yeah, yeah, they uh, they went into Nashville and no, did they did they win? Or no, they, they lost. They, no, they, they they lost in overtime. Yeah, they lost in overtime. That's what I thought. I just said can't uh, beat Nashville. Oh, can't beat Nashville. I thought you said yeah. they, they they even I beat said, Nashville. No, I said they can't even beat Nashville. And that's who Colorado is going to play in their last game. Tomorrow. To to hopefully get first in the central. Yeah, you know that the Avalanche are really you know not that thrilled about having to you know fly from Denver to Nashville tonight uh, to play uh, a meeting. It's like a six game. o'clock start tomorrow. I'm sure it is. I because yeah, it is. It you is. know to try and get that game over with as quickly as they can to get back to Denver uh, so that they can you know get ready for the playoffs. They're going to be playing late, uh, you know, later than all the other playoff teams. They're the only playoff team that will still be playing tomorrow. I think there's another makeup game. I think Pittsburgh and Columbus. Uh, no, Columbus plays somebody tomorrow. I thought Buffalo, Columbus and Buffalo play each other tomorrow in another makeup game. Nice, always... nice ceremony for Craig Anderson tonight. Wasn't that it, it was... great? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. nice. The, the end of the game, if you if, if you haven't missed it, Craig Anderson, uh, who was the same age as me, uh, and believe it or not, folks, I'm not an NHL goaltender. Uh, 41-year-old Craig Anderson uh, announced that today is his final game in the NHL after a, just a tremendous career that's taken him to so many different teams. And at the end of the game tonight in Buffalo, he got a huge ovation, of course, and his teammates poured off the bench to celebrate with him. And then the Senators, because Craig Anderson spent so many years in the Senators organization as well. You know, you don't see this every day. The Senators... He's actually buying the team. (laughs) He's not quite buying the team. uh, But uh, the Senators came over and they celebrated with the Sabres players and with Craig Anderson uh, all on the ice tonight. So that was sort of a nice scene that you don't see uh, that you don't see every day. Uh, you know, in the NHL, but game 82 didn't really matter for anything. It's sort of, uh, you can uh, celebrate the individual uh, rather than some of the, the the team that we, you know, on a night like tonight. Uh, we say good evening to everyone. It's the Illegal Curve post-game show here on our YouTube channel. Oh, hold on, Drew, a little late on the updates here. Oh, well, sorry, I was talking. Thank you to the... Uh... What were the people in the podcast going to think? 
Thank you to Wara33 in the chat who's saying that Vegas has opened the scoring on their first shot of the game. Riley Smith has opened the scoring. So one nothing Vegas. And uh, What is this, course, Vegas lunch? No, it's not. I'm just updating the scores, you know. People, you know, have their strong opinions if they'd rather see the Jets play the Golden Knights or they'd rather see the Jets play McDavid and Dreisaitl and the juggernaut Edmonton Oilers. The Jets need to play Vegas, let me tell you. They don't want to face Edmonton right <laughs> I now. I don't think they want to face Edmonton either. Not that Vegas is going to be any sort of pushover, but I think no, that's not at the, all. Uh, the, I don't think I anybody think, wants to face Edmonton right now. Not with the way, not the way McDavid and Drysaddle are playing, and Skinner's not playing well too. Skinner's playing in goal for them. He's shored up the the goaltending once finally. Uh, Dude, I mentioned and, this to Dave in the third period. Has anybody had a quieter hundred point season in recent the, memory than Ryan Nugent Hopkins? Like unbelievable. Uh, it's like well, he just. Third fiddle just on finally, yeah, it's like when you have a, a guy putting up 150 points uh, plus, he could get more. Um, doesn't Desi doesn't he have like 40 goals and like 60 assists? You know, but yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah, like his numbers are like he's got almost 40 yeah. goals. I think I think it was like 37, 38. Like he would be leading, you know, 28 different teams around the <laughs> NHL crazy. in points, but on, on the Oilers, he's third. Yeah, no, they're incredible. What is this? Why it's lunch? That's why you don't want to play the Oilers because, especially with Matthias Ekholm back there, I think the that's going to go down as as one of the best. I expect that'll be the, the best uh, trade deadline acquisition this season. Uh, yeah. Matthias Ekholm just does so much for the. the well, there's the something like Oilers. 17 and three since that trade. Well, right? that's what I'm saying. It's just uh, yeah. absolutely dominant, and we'll talk about that, of course, if the Jets end up playing the Oilers in extensive detail on Saturday morning, the Illegal Curve Hockey Show, 9 a.m. It is your most comprehensive playoff preview. Uh, the three of us will be delving deep into the Winnipeg Jets versus question mark as well as all the other playoff matchups that are going to take place uh, because, of course, the playoffs begin Monday. Mike McIntyre reporting he, he expects the Jets to start on Tuesday, but time will tell if that actually comes to fruition or not. Nonetheless, let's get into the Betway game recap for tonight. It's brought to you by Betway, one of the most trusted voices in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world. Title sponsor here of the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. Betway is the sports betting app that puts you, the customer, at the forefront with a large selection of betting options and sports as well as strong promotions and fair odds. What are you waiting for? Head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. Colorado opens the scoring. 13-33 mark of the first period. Dennis Mulgan, his 13th of the season, assist to Lars Eller and Alex Newhook. A couple things you don't like on this goal. Uh, first would be the juicy rebound, I say, that David Riddick gives up here. And second of all, the fact that Dennis Mulgan is behind both Jets defenders and wide open, uh, you know, to and able to deposit the rebound past David Riddick. So a couple breakdowns on this one uh, to allow the Avalanche to open the scoring, as he. Yeah, it was uh, Saku Manalainen who couldn't clear the puck, if I'm not mistaken. And Malkin was flying around in this game, and he's been a guy that played for the Panthers, played for the, mm -hmm. the Leafs. Um, and yeah, it's just like, you know, putting the puck on net and, and getting the rebound, right? So Malkin's a guy that, uh, not Evgeny Malkin, almost said Malkin there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's a guy that, you know, I believe he's tied his career higher. This is his career high, um, but goes to the net and yeah, it's a rebound and he gets in behind the D, but yeah, it's just a, a combination of a bad turnover, uh, at the blue line and, you know, just some quick, uh, decisive, uh, puck movement by the Avalanche and a you know nice rebound goal by Malgan. I thought he was noticeable tonight. Like again, going back to what I was saying before, like 
this was you, you could, there was every reason for the avalanche to be dominant in this game, right? No Ehlers, no Shifley, you know, the list goes on and on. How many regulars were out? I think five, right? Or was it six regulars out of the lineup? Six. There you go, Dave. So, I mean, this was not a, a dominant game by any stretch of the imagination, um, but that was a pretty dominant sequence by the avalanche. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, quick update uh, regarding Kevin Stenland, Dave M. Before I let you chime in on this goal, uh, Jets head coach Rick Bonus. This is courtesy of our buddy Ken Weeb, who's on site in Denver. Uh, said there's no real concern over Kevin Stenland leaving the game early with a lower body injury. He should be ready for Game One. So there you go. There's your update uh, pertaining to Kevin Stenland. Seems like all is well with the Winnipeg Jets fourth line center and a goal scorer in tonight's game, which we'll get to a little bit later on. But for now, Dave, um, your thoughts on the first avalanche goal? Well, just just quickly, I mean, you know, the, it's a smart move by the Jets not to bother putting him out in, again in a meaningless game yeah. and risking him potentially getting, you know, uh, additionally injured if he was, you know, if he was at all. You know, so I like that precautionary move to ensure that he's, you know, just don't take any risks because you like what Kevin Stenland's done with that fourth line. The Jets do at least. They've liked where he, what he's been able to do in terms of faceoffs, in terms of on the PK. So the fact is that you didn't want to take any risks and you didn't need to, of course, guys just get more ice time. You guys are usually okay with that. But I mean, as he's right, like the breakdown you don't like, and I certainly don't like that rebound by David Riddick. He makes the save, but he does, he just, he, the puck is right there. It's waiting. And look, the defense should have, been able to pick up Malkin and clear him out of the way, not allow him, like you said, to get in behind them and yeah. be essentially unmolested. But the fact of the matter is, if Rich doesn't give out that rebound, there's nothing to worry about. If he clear catches that puck clean, then there's that. no there's there's no conversation. But he doesn't catch it clean, drops right in front of him. So you've got a mistake by the defense, but you got a mistake that makes by the goaltender. If the goaltender doesn't make that mistake, there's nothing to, you know, sure he's in behind the defense, but there's nothing for him to touch. The puck is club is covered. So uh, Riddich has been uh, subpar, uh, to be polite, uh, for the, you know, and it was weird because on the broadcast, they were talking about how good he was in the beginning of the season. I thought, who cares? It like this, this, we don't, you know, you don't say, well, I, you know, I, and when, when I scored four touchdowns for poke high back in the day, I was the best, you know, quarterback of all time. That's not the point. The point was, what have you done for me lately? And lately David Riddich hasn't been good. And he has been making, he's not like the, he's not like Kramer on the bus. He's not making all the stops and you need him to be able to make stops and he's not doing it. So, I mean, it's just a, it's a juicy rebound that he gives up and they're able to deposit into the back of the net. Yeah. I just wanted to quickly say, boys, just check the advanced stats. Cause we always like to give a, a shout out to natural Statric, which is a great resource. Uh, that line of Lars Eller, Alex Newhook, um, who am I missing here? Newhook and uh, the goal scorer, Dennis Morgan. Morgan, yeah. They that line third. That's the third line for the Avalanche. They had the best even strength uh, performance for the for the Avalanche forwards. And you know that that's something that even though the just quickly here we'll maybe get into this more on on Saturday because we got some more goals to get into here. But like that was one of the reasons they acquired Lars Eller. That was the only player the Avalanche acquired at the deadline. They knew that Landeskog was not coming back until the first round at the earliest. So. If Lars Eller is your third line center, I mean, he's he, that's pretty good to me. JT Comfer is having a career year. Yeah. He's been centering that second line. So going back to what I said, I, I don't think the Avalanche are the Stanley Cup favorite right now. I think there's probably at least three or four teams in the East that are better than the Avalanche. But I'm just saying, like, I don't I don't think that, you know, the, the Avalanche, even without Landeskog, McCarr's got to be healthy for sure. Mm -hmm. But I just think that that line of Newhook, Eller, and, and Malgin, um, the stats back it up. That was their best line tonight. 
Yeah, and they opened the scoring to make it one nothing, and that's how it was after 20 minutes. Uh, neither team uh, getting any more than uh, what they got there. The Jets did kill off two avalanche uh, power plays in that first period, so the penalty kill continues its strong play. Uh, the Jets opened the scoring in the second period and tie the game at the 2.15 mark. Axel Janssen-Fialbi, he's got speed. Neil Pionk and Brendan Dillon with the assists. And again, the other way around. Andrew, the Jets had two power plays in the in the first period. You're right. The Jets had two power plays in the first period. I was reading it backwards. You're absolutely yeah. right. My I'm apologies. like I'm sitting there going. Sometimes you say anything and you're very authoritative. So I was like, yeah, I'm like oh, okay. Guys, this I'm game was meaningless. Me. I mean, you could argue. Did this game even happen? Well, I mean, it did happen. We all watched <laughs> it, and we're all here talking about it. But you're absolutely right. The Jets had the two power plays in the first period. Keeping you honest, there, buddy. Thank you. I appreciate the the help. And of course, it was a uh, a, a jumbled mess of a, a couple power play units for the Winnipeg Jets. So you really can't read too much into. Although, I will, I, sorry, I will say, and I don't know about you guys, but I was outraged that Nikolai Ehlers wasn't on the first power play unit. <laughs> that there was no. Yeah, Mark you used to joke on Twitter already. I know. But I, you know what? I got a good reaction on Twitter. That's I, I tested yeah, my material. That, that, that Drew, Drew, a good uh, Drew. You wouldn't know because Drew, you don't. You've been you don't have, to do that. Come you on. don't have any. You don't have any association with comedy. So I'll explain something to you. A good comedian, Drew. Yes. They test their material out, and then when it when when it works, you use it again. So if you wouldn't have yeah. wouldn't have ruined it for me, Dave struck gold on Twitter. So he needs to bring yeah, it up again. That was yeah. gold, Jerry. Gold. Good to know. Uh, and, and nonetheless, you're right. The Jets uh, power play had two opportunities in the first period, was unsuccessful. They got going in the second period, five on five, Axel Janssen Fialbi, his first game back in the lineup in a while must be feel must feel good to him to be able to get a goal. He does his sixth of the year, assist to Pionk and Brendan Dillon. Uh, it's a point shot from Pionk that uh, Axel Janssen is able to jump on the rebound almost like while he's flying by it, he tucks it past Alexander Yorgiev to tie the game up at one early in the second period, Dave. I'll go. I was ready to go. Yeah, okay, I was like, should, I was you like, should, you, you never go to me on that, that one. Drew, Dave was muted there. Yeah, okay. the Ikea line struck, struck there. We got three Swedes on that line. And you know what? Like, they, they provide a lot of offense. I, I, like, I'm sorry, they provide a lot of energy is what I, I meant to say. A lot of offense. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's not necessarily the case. I mean, Gus Bus is still looking for his first of the year, right? But again, I mean, going back to what we said before, before we get back into the goal, it's just nice for these guys to get ice time because, you know, they when you acquire Nino Niederreiter and Nemestikov at the trade deadline, that bounces other guys out of the lineup. And that meant that Carson Kuhlman and Axel Janssen-Fialbi weren't playing much uh, you know, in the last however many games, 10 games or or whatever. So I like the energy that those guys brought. And I mean, he he outmuscles former first overall pick Eric Johnson there. Eric Johnson's a big boy. You guys know that, right? So um, to me, that's what that is. Just going to the net, outmuscling Johnson, uh, Johnson outmuscling Johnson, who's, uh, you know, got a lot more weight than than Johnson Fialbi. And yeah, just a nice little point shot from, from Pionk. Dylan uh, sets his, I believe it's career high or tied his career high for points in a season, had a nice little uh, intermission chat with uh, Dan Robertson, really liked that. But uh, yeah, just good work by Jonson Fialbi in front of the net on that goal, Drew. Yeah, exactly right. You know, go hard to the net, get pucks through, cliche, cliche, cliche. But there's a reason why they are cliches. It's they are usually rooted in truth. Uh, the Jets then take a lead. They take Hold a on. lead. I just want to quickly add, uh, as he was right, it was the career high for uh, Brendan Dillon for points. He got 23, uh, 22 twice with the San Jose Sharks. So now he has 23 here with the Jets. Ties also his career high for assists, which was 21. So 
Good, a good season for number five. Yeah, certainly was a very solid season for him. I would say that just, you know, a lot of times he just sort of was doing his thing, being a physical defenseman and uh, trying to keep the opposition away from the front of the net and certainly had an impact in the game against Minnesota on Tuesday night, uh, impacting his fist into Ryan Hartman after Hartman's <laughs> hit on Nikolai Ehlers. Uh, the Jets uh, take the lead at the 1459 mark of the second period. It's a shorthanded goal for the Jets. Talk about uh, this one sort of came out of nowhere. Kevin Stenland getting his sixth of the season assist to Morgan Barron. It's a great play, great pass by Barron. And Kevin Stenland is going hard towards the net and he's able to uh, really sort of bank it in. Uh, it looks like Nathan McKinnon maybe got a, a first piece of it. And then Stenland was able to get more of it and get it past Yorgiev. It was never really uh, perfectly clear on the broadcast uh, exactly whose stick went off at what point in time. But unless they do like they did to Kyle Connor and take his goal away from him uh, the next day, uh, they did that on, uh, they did that what? On Wednesday, I guess they took away. Gave uh, it to Dylan DeMello and instead. Gave it back to Dylan DeMello after they reviewed the tape a little bit more. But for now and i think it's going to stay kevin stenland getting his six shorthanded here dave yeah and you know it really the the work they both get credit i thought morgan Barron was excellent again in, and i said that to start the show but you really see the work that he's putting in, in in his first full season up with the winnipeg jets i just his compete is 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 really high i think dan robertson favors him a little bit since they're both east coast guys but but it's interesting just watch the development of a guy who who hasn't hung his head you know, he was up, he was getting more ice time. Now he's on the fourth line, but he's still got that same sort of work ethic and he's still, you know, pushing for more. And I mean, he's getting opportunity on the PK and he's looked really good. And there's another example, him and Kevin Stedland. I mean, Morgan Barron, again, first of all, he makes the play happen. He recognizes the opportunity, uses his legs to create, waits just kind of goes just slightly wide, I think, to give Stedland enough time to catch up and kind of create that opportunity because he can see it forming and good on Kevin Stenland, like you said, Drew, to, to power through. He's got, you know, he's got McKinnon with them, right? And and you're sitting there going, that's not an easy guy. We said Ezzy and I were talking about what McKinnon did in the third period, how strong he is, but good on Stenland for going. And and I don't know where he got injured. Ezzy and I watched it back a couple of times. Yeah. And it appeared that he may have caught his leg in the in like almost like he caught a rut in the ice because his leg went around Gorgiev's pad a little bit awkwardly he so i don't know if it the was net there that was that was a yeah as uh, you know as forceful as you get when you're driving the net and it was mckinnon who was the back check and i agree with you you know just watching the replay here because we all know baron had the burst of speed the turnover um but you know he played that perfectly right like put the yeah. puck exactly where you want to mm -hmm. and i agree with you 100 like i i think you know baron you know he could have kind of um you know, he, he could have taken that demotion to the fourth line and, and not really had an impact in the game. But what he's done, like you said, Dave, is, you know, he he's made Rick Bonus and the coaching staff notice how well he's played. And if he does need to move up into the lineup, if, if there's a hole, I should say, uh, you know, he can play on the second line. We obviously know he can play on the third line with Lowry and Appleton. And yeah. I, I also think, too, I mean, we know that the Avalanche tied it up on the, on the power play. But at the time, I mean, that was a huge you know, momentum swing for the Jets at the time. Because if you remember the first, you know, eight to 10 minutes of the second period was, it was all Jets. Like mm -hmm. they were playing really well. Yeah. And then that, that power play, you know, you thought was, was going to be killed off. And then we know it wasn't because uh, Rantanen made up for his uh, turnover there. Cause I think it was Rantanen who turned over the puck to Baron, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So um, yeah, I mean, really impressive goal and unfortunate that Stenland was injured, but as Bailey, the official IC intern mentioned, Stenland got the, the third star and he's been really impressive for a guy that 
you know, looked like he was going to stay with the Moose, right, Dave? And, you know, he's uh, managed to basically be a staple of, of that fourth line. So really impressive. And the other thing I was going to say is it's almost like the Jets under Rick Bonus and his penalty killing system, they've got this down to a T, right? Like Lowry, Appleton, Manalainen, Barron, Stenlin, like these guys, like they know when they pick their spots, right? And we've seen that so many times that that two-on-one, you know, shorthanded goal or two-on-one shorthanded situation. So you got to love how much more aggressive the PK has been this year. No, the, the PK with its passiveness early in the year last year was just one of the most bewildering parts of the end of Paul Maurice's tenure as Jets head coach. We don't need to rehash that. We rehashed that a lot last year, but you're right, as the uh, it, it's been much more refreshing watching this PK than the one last year. Uh, Jaden Schwartz has scored at the 16-20 mark of the first period, tying the game between Vegas and Seattle. So 1-1 now in the Pacific Northwest, Seattle and... Vegas uh, only needs one point. Point, Drew. We should mention that they need one yeah. point to win, yes. and, and, and to, to the, finish first. And they're in the back half of the third period with the Oilers still up four-two on the San Jose Sharks. So uh, Oilers getting closer to doing their job in trying to uh, finish atop the Pacific Division. Uh, so two-one for the Jets at this point. It doesn't last very long—a minute and twelve seconds on the power play. We praised the power play, and now they give up a power play goal. But I think you've got a little bit of an excuse when it's Miko Rantanen, his fifty-fifth goal of the season. Again, Double nickels, as Dan Roberts had said. I've never heard that before, but I like that. Well, it's it's a good line. So 55 for Miko Rantanen. Uh, Evan Rodriguez and Devin Taves get the assists, and he just gets set up perfectly by Rodriguez and absolutely can fire the puck like few others in the league, uh, beating David Riddick uh, with this one. I really don't think you can blame Riddick much on this one. No. This is a goal scorer's goal, uh, and he Rantanen makes no mistake to uh, make it two all late in the second period, as he. Yeah, I seem to remember uh, right before this goal was scored, uh, Ranton and you know had a had a a pass to I think it was McKinnon in front of the net. He wasn't too happy about it, but yeah, th- this is like uh, very similar to actually Kyle Connor, like the release and and the way he's able to basically take passes and put the puck wherever he wants, even if he's kind of off balance. And I I, I kind of just watching that was kind of you know thinking that like it almost seemed like because he tried to he there was a scoring chance right before that as I mentioned. You know, he, he wasn't exactly set like, you know, mm-hmm. perfectly or stepping into the shot. So it was like he was almost a, not off balance, but you know what I mean, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no chance for David Riddick. I mean, Rantanen is unbelievable. Again, you know, I, I this is something that's thrown out too much. But I think because he plays behind Nathan McKinnon in, in, in the sense, a little bit in his shadow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Miko Rantanen, uh, I, I think you guys would agree, is probably a top 10, top 10 forward in the league. Yeah, no question about it. Certainly a top 10 goal scorer for sure, but probably a top 10 forward all in all. Uh, he's just that good of a player for the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, so two all after 40 minutes. Uh, and then the Avalanche uh, take the lead at the 301 mark. And this is one of the uglier goals the Jets have given up all season long. Uh, it's Evan Rodriguez. Arturo you know what it had shades of? Not quite as bad. 
Andre Pavlik against the Blues. The Blues. No, it was from this one was at least from inside the blue yeah, line. It wasn't. It wasn't from center ice. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that goal still is. Yeah, that goal is still a memorable one. You're right, Dave. Uh, and and the stakes were not nearly as as significant tonight as they mm-hmm. were in that game against the Blues. Uh, but Evan Rodriguez gets his 16th assist to Arturi Le- uh, Lekkinen, and it was that Braden Hunt, if I'm not mistaken, is uh, the also the other Brad Hunt. Pardon me. Brad Hunt gets the secondary assist. Uh, and this is just a stinker of a goal that can't go in. I mean, uh, I don't know much more you can say about it. It was just a bad, bad goal, as uh, Tracy said on the on the screen there, the comment that's on the screen. Uh, just can't go in and is probably uh, a very good reminder of where the Jets would be if uh, it wasn't for Connor Hellebuck and his consistent health because uh, David Riddick is just not up to the snuff to do the job uh, for any significant period of time. No, I mean that's it's a goal that can't go in. You just yeah. can't. And and again, we've I've I think I'm gonna have to pay a little uh you know put a little quarter in every time I use the word meaningless yeah. uh, to describe this hockey game. But even in a meaningless game, you still want to like again not critical to win, but guys are still trying. And I'm not yeah. saying that David Ridge isn't trying, no, no, he's but trying. try and be better because <laughs> that goal is just a goal that shouldn't be going in. And I know as as he said, he hasn't played in a long time, but he practices every day. And he faces shots every single day. And look, I didn't watch the replay six or seven different times, so I'm not certain whether there was... Doesn't matter. You know, anything. But I mean, when the shot is coming from that far away... Even if there's a screen, you got time to pick it up. But the screen wasn't even that far because I don't think the gap was that significant between the defenseman and, 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 and the shot and Rodriguez. So, like... You know, and again, it was such a distance that that Riddick should have had that goal. I'm sorry. And like, honestly, it kind of went in and I looked at Ez. I'm like, did that go in from that far? Like, it was kind of like almost like shocking to see that it actually had gone in from that far away because I, I can honestly, I thought it was like a little little 40 feet, boys, like at least 30 feet. That was, that was a long shot. And Drew's absolutely, that's a bad goal. I'm sorry. I don't want to pick on sometimes big save Dave here, but like that, (laughs) that, that was, that was, uh, I mean, let's put it this way. You're right, Dave. This is word of the day meaningless. But if that was, a, if this game mattered, I mean, P, that, well, we would be talking about this in a very different way. And if David this Riddick, game mattered, he wouldn't have been in. He well, wouldn't have been in that. Ex- yeah, that's a good point. But like earlier in the game, remember the save he made on Bowen Byram, like point, yeah. point blank. Like he made some good saves today. Like he wasn't making hella Buckian saves like the one on Matt Zuccarello. But uh, I mean, look, that's a, been the story of his of his career. He has he hasn't been good enough to be a starter, and he's kind of been a bit of a mediocre backup. Like, let's be honest here. Like, it's not like there were ten teams that were uh, champion at the bit to sign Riddick as their backup no. here. Well, look, no, I don't think anybody would be surprised if that was if this is the his last game in a Winnipeg Jets jersey. And, and again, I'm not trying to pick on him by any stretch of the imagination. I thought he actually did his job earlier in the year very admirably he came in he won some games the Jets knew that they were going to be running Connor Hellebuck into the ground and that's what they did because Connor Hellebuck is the linchpin to this team's success so what you want from David Riddick at least earlier in the year is you want him to play you know a dozen games however you know whatever number he ended up with uh, in the course of the year you want him to win a few of those games he did And it would not be a surprise if the Jets are in the market for a different backup goaltender next year to try and do something similar, you know, play, you know, maybe 15 to 20 games, 
be not expensive, win some of those games, but ultimately push comes to shove. It's Connor Hellebuck, you know, one, one, a, one, B, one, C. It could be home, right, Drew? Like that's not, I don't think yeah. that's ridiculous. I think Arvid Holmes played a few years with the moose now and he's played really well. Dave will back that up. Right. Like, so I think Arvid home will get a look for sure. They, you know, I mean, you know, sorry, I just, I was just looking at the goal because I wanted to see what JB, JB Brown was saying it was a good goal. It was a curl and drag. I did see that he did go like, again, having now the benefit of watching the replay. I mean, just shoot it through Dylan. But I, again, like I said, I, I, he uses drill. He uses Dylan. Well, I'll give him that credit, but I still think Riddick should have been uh, prepared for it. Anyway, that far away. You, you, you should pick up the shots though. I mean, it's, it's not, he's a goal scorer, Dave, for sure. But like, that was to your point. That's a shot that when you're shooting the puck 35, 40 feet, yeah. and there, even though there might have been a bit of a screen, I don't think there was a deflection. I mean, no, I, no, I, he he shot it through. He shot right? it through Dylan's so, leg. So I mean, yeah. and, and Riddick gets a piece of it. So I, I mean, whatever you want to say, that's it wasn't it wasn't a good it wasn't no. a good look on on Riddick there. Yeah. Anyway, sorry to to go back to the. I, I got a little. I got a little opportunity for Moose, and I just passed right over it. I'm sorry for. I was going to say, did I'm, you have a stroke or something? No, 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 no. I was, no, no. I was trying to be an analyst on the Illegal Curve post game show, boys. But why can't Arvid? Why can't Dave answer me this question? Why can't Arvid Holm be the Jets' backup next year? I, I'm not saying he couldn't. I think he's, he, you know, he's filled in admirably for the Winnipeg Jets at uh, the Manitoba Moose. Sorry, he's been, uh, you know, quite good through stretches. He's dealing with an illness right now, which is the reason why Evan Cormier was recalled to the Moose and played his first game of the season last night. But he's had a nice tandem with Oscar Salmon and a little little Nordic contributions between Finland and Sweden. But uh, no, Holmes, Holmes a nice kid. He's got a good disposition, and I think he's a he's a solid netminder. I mean, people are asking me, you know, uh, what's his story? I said, well, look, he's a project, right? He's a 2016 six-rounder, uh, but he's, he's fit in nicely with the Moose. I, I I can't remember off the top of my head, but his numbers have been good. His his numbers have been very solid throughout the course of the of this year for Manitoba. And, and, I just and think- sorry, Dave, don't you want a goaltender like that? To, like Hellebuck's going to play a similar amount next year, right? It might yeah. not be the exact amount, but it's going to be sixty to sixty-five games. So don't you want a goaltender like Arvid Holm? And obviously, you're you're going to have salary cap. You know, there's going to be. Uh, different a different salary cap situation next year. So Holmes yeah. obviously not a guy that's going to cost a lot of money. I'm and I, and by the way, Drew, I'm not against the Jets bringing in a veteran backup. Right. I'm just saying that you know I think Arvid Holm at the very least is in the conversation to be the backup next year. No, there's no question about it. I mean, he's got a 913, you know, save percentage with the Moose. I think a 260 goals against average. He's 18, 11, and three. I thought it was 19, but 18, 11, and three for. For the moose, so he's been he's been a very good goaltender. He's played well, um, and well, you know, I we, we'll have Drew McIntyre, the new moose goalie coach, on. We'll get his insight as to what you know how he's seen his development. But I, I think they're happy with the way he's developed. Uh, and he's I think- actually still recovering from WrestleMania, Drew McIntyre. <laughs> I got and, uh, Dave. Dave has no idea who that is. He did not understand that. No, I was, I was, you I was, don't know, there's a wrestler who goes by the Scottish psychopath, um, and he carries a sword. With him to the ring and his name. Oh, Drew, I didn't Drew understand Mackin. it, but I was I was accept I was I was appreciative of Brent giving me a little dap for uh, saying Nordic, not Scandinavian, like some other people do. Just saying. Well, Sweden um, and Finland are Nordic. I know that's why I said Nordic, but no. he said a lot of people say uh, Scandinavian. Finland is okay. not Scandinavian. No. Okay. Well, look at the geography lesson. Anywho, let's just say that I think Arvid Holm could be in the mix. 
for now the Jets may want a more quote experienced. Uh, but I, I mean, there's no reason to think that he wouldn't get an opportunity as well. Uh, scary Salmon. They're both, they're both solid. Um, and again, like I said, you're the reality is like guys, well, I mean, look, we shouldn't be jumping to any conclusions with respect to what's going to happen and what the jets are going to look like next year. But yeah. going on the presumption that Connor Hellebuck <laughs> is your the goaltender. Backup goal, the backup goaltender will be far down the list of priorities. I suspect. Well, I mean, presu- presumably that Connor Hellebuck is the Jets goaltender for the entirety of next year. Yeah. And if he is, then, you know, he's going to play 65 games. So you really just need someone to get in that 15 to 20, 20 range. And I think that Holm could probably do that at, that, at well, this point. We criticize David Riddick, but we should give him praise. He did stop Lars Eller on that penalty shot. That came about halfway mark of the uh, of the third period. Uh, Why isn't Nathan uh, McKinnon taking that penalty shot? Well, I mean, I don't know. I, he was the like one that was well, would you like me to ask uh, 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 Jared Bednar? I'm not. I'm not really no, I'm nice. just. I'm just like just. Just. I'm just throwing it out there, boys. You know, it's a post game show. We're having. You know, we're we're having good discussions. I'm just. I was a little bit surprised that that I don't know if McKinnon was shaken up there or anything like that. It's just like like Eller. I know. I think has been a good guy in the shootout. Like obviously, there's a reason why they picked but, you Lars, know Lars Eller. I just thought that you know why not give that to McKinnon. Um, you know, it's such an important game with playoff implications. That's all I'm saying. I just thought McKinnon was going to take the shot because he was the one that was tripped. We have, hang on, we have breaking news, uh, courtesy of Kenny's water bottle. Uh, as he drew McIntyre is the Celtic warrior, not the Scottish psychopath. So no, the no, Scottish no, no, psychopath no, is no. somebody completely else. Perhaps no, you've made up wrong. your own wrestler entirely. Nope, that's wrong. Because Seamus is Irish and he is the Celtic warrior. Oh, now we have now we have Seamus is a Irish. I, I would know because I'm. Hold on, I have a question. What's the bigger What's the bigger controversy? That or the fact that it was El- people who were thinking it was Ellers who was actually tripped? Hence the reason why he took the, the penalty shot. Well, somebody can McKinnon? look at the replay right now because I'm in the middle of. The, I thought it was Nathan game. McKinnon that had the breakaway there. Well, we have we have. I, I thought you were right too, to be opinions. honest with you, but but there's some other folks are saying it was Eller. I, th- I could have sworn it was McKinnon as well. But. And back to Kenny's water bottle, who's trying to outsmart me here. No, it's Seamus, who's the big Irish guy. I'm a quarter Irish, I know. Uh, Drew McIntyre is 100 percent the Scottish psychopath. Wait, Drew McIntyre, the goalie coach for the Manitoba Moose? No, he's he's just the goalie coach for the Manitoba Moose. <laughs> I'm talking about the wrestler. Okay, well, the, here we go. This is you can tell this is game eighty-two of the regular season, and not that all important. Uh, I promise you, it's going to be crisper and better for the first game of the playoffs, folks. So I can assure you, we will be more in uh, in, in tune for that one uh, when that. We're having a great show. Game. I don't know what you're talking about, Drew. I don't. I can't anymore. tell you that the winner of the contest is in a- the chat. Oh, the winner of the contest is in the chat. Now that's going to keep people around. Yeah. So uh, all you, all you, oh, close to two hundred folks, better stick around. Yeah. Or don't is go it? anywhere. And, and the scoring finished up with Arturi Lekkinen after the Jets had... Like, hold on. I like this comment by is our boy Bruce. Don't forget to smash the like button or else we might lose IC. Remember, it takes all of us. There you go. Uh, Narrated by Kenny Omega. The Jets... <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that on the other end of the break as well. Uh, the Jets had a push. They tried to tie the game up. They had pulled the goalie. They had some scoring chances. They weren't quite able to do it. Arturi Lekkonen, uh gets his 21st of the year. He's back in the lineup. He's missed, I think, something like the last 15 games or so. What about uh, Arturi Lekkonen, the... 21 goals? And as you mentioned, Drew, he's missed 15 games. Yeah. Pretty pretty good season for Lekkonen. He's a good little player. Yeah. Uh, uh, Bowen Byram and Lars L are getting the assist on that 4-2 final uh, in tonight's game. Do you want our uh, analysis on the empty netter? Do, no, I don't really my, my want My question your is, why did the Jets pull their goalie in a meaningless game? 
Well, because they have to go, they have to try and tie the game joking, up. I understand it. Uh, I was going to say, who should get the, who's getting the uh, Seagram shot of the game? Is it going to uh, Miko Rantanen? I think probably Miko Rantanen. Yeah, I mean, that's the, definitely uh, the. You have to pick a jet, Drew. I don't have to pick a jet. There's no rules involved. I don't think, this. I don't think, go back. I don't think Drew has picked an opposing player yet. Mm, I have when the Jets yeah, were yes. shut out. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Fair enough. Yeah. Touche. There you go. Now, Miko Rantanen gets our Seagram shot of yeah, the game. For sure, Seagram's, Yeah, Seagram's 83. Manitoba's favorite Canadian whiskey. Get your favorite uh, Seagram's product at any of our local liquor marts or wherever your fine liquor products are sold. Big thanks to Seagram's for their continued sponsorship of the Illegal Curve post game show it's a final in edmonton i believe 5-2 the oilers have defeated the san jose sharks so the oilers took care of their uh what they need to do the kings are up 3-1 on the wow the oilers beat the sharks that's shocking i know (laughs) and it's one all first intermission between the golden knights and the kraken so we keep an eye on that game to determine who the jets playoff opponent will be let's head to break when we come back we'll talk more about who you think the Jets would prefer to face. We'll talk about Saturday's Illegal Curve Hockey Vegas. Show. I'm, I'm going to make a poll right now. Okay, Dave's going to make a poll. I'm not even sure how we do that, but Dave's going to make it nonetheless. And, of course, we'll probably touch on the marketing campaign that fizzled before it even got started. Uh, that's True North's uh, latest uh, misstep, in my humble opinion. Stay tuned. Much more to come. It's the Illegal Curve post-game show. The Betway game recap just wrapped up. We have one final contest winner to give away as well so don't go anywhere you're watching the illegal curve hockey show with drew mandel dave manuk and ezra ginsburg jerry seinfeld chris rock john stewart dennis miller brad garrett the biggest acts and all the up-and-comers they've all made their mark at rumors comedy club north america's longest running independent comedy club rumors has kept winnipeg laughing for over 25 years when was the last time you laughed out loud make it a great night out with friends or book your office or birthday party even a fundraising event at rumors get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at rumorscomedyclub.com he winds up Oh, looks like Ezzy took that one right in the choppers. A blistering fast puck hurts like H-E double hockey sticks. That's why I let the pros at Linden Market Dental Center turn my yow into wow. Get your brilliant smile back with state-of-the-art restorative and cosmetic dentistry from real pros. And remember, always wear a mouth guard. Now that's solid on ice advice. Learn more at LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy. Everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. Dave, my man, why are you in the car already? It's hours until game time. Uh, Drew, it's because I'm stressed out right now, driving around downtown Winnipeg, looking for a parking spot, and I'm not finding one. I've lost Ginsburg. I don't even know where that guy is right now. Dave, haven't I taught you anything? Do what I do. 
pre-book your entire month's worth of game day parking with the Grid Park app. It's super easy to use and saves me both time and stress. Well, Drew, I'm not independently wealthy like you are. So I'm sorry that I don't have millions of dollars to pre-book my parking month in advance. What's that going to cost you? $25? How about five bucks? Come on, five dollars? No yep. way. Five bucks. I'm not telling you a lie. And our listeners can get a free park with the new special promo code Illegal Curve. Guess what? There's more. Come on, there's more, Drew. You're lying to me. What more could there be? Grid Park now has underground parking, so my car can stay warm during the game. So wait a second, wait a second. All, all the driving around I do, looking for parking, minus 40, you're telling me I could be toasty warm in a car after the hockey game. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Underground parking. Just download the Grid Park app. That's G-R-Y-D Park. And use the code Illegal Curve. All one word. You'll park for free your first time. Hi, it's Drew from Illegal Curve here. Selling your home can be stressful, but it wasn't for me. Thanks to my friends at Zapia Group Realty, they made the process so easy. My home sold within 48 hours and with multiple offers. Zapia Group Realty took care of everything with their exquisite customer service and attention to detail. If you want to sell your home for more in less time, get started by talking to Frank and Mauro Zapia of Zapia Group Realty. Online at zapiagroup.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the illegal curve hockey show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. 20 minutes before the top of the hour, welcome back to the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg with you on this Thursday night. We remind you, 9 a.m. Saturday, the Illegal Curve Hockey Show comprehensive preview. You won't want to miss this show. It's all about the Jets and whomever their opponent is going to be. We will dive deep and we will be going into all the minutiae about the matchup between the Jets and their playoff opponent. And we have uh, a guest what, to announce. Uh, Eric DeHatchik, if, uh, if, if I can say Eric DeHatchik of The Athletic. We have not had him on since the uh, TSN 1290 days, but for anybody who's been with us since yes. the TSN 1290 days or even going back further to the Kick FM days, uh, we always had Eric DeHatchik on for the regular season preview and the playoff preview with Kevin Allen. Uh, who we have had on on this format, but Eric Duhatchik, I mean, for those who don't know, he's a Hall of Fame journalist and just one of the great guys and and the great, um, I just think, you know, an amazing person, but also a great writer. Uh, the Duhatchik Notebook uh, in The Athletic is a, is a must read. So uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome to to preview the playoffs with Eric. There you go, Eric DeHatchik is going to join us on Saturday morning as well. So lots to come. Still, don't go anywhere. Be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast, and you won't miss a minute. Uh, gentlemen, let's touch on it. Uh, before the playoffs, I sort of was chuckling to myself. Can you imagine where uh, True North would be right now if, let's say, the Jets had lost on Tuesday to the Minnesota Wild and they would be on the cusp of uh, maybe missing the playoffs? And then they also had launched with such a dud that marketing campaign uh, on Tuesday as well. Uh, you know, I know lots of ink has been spilled. A lot of opinions have been made so far about it. But the word that I would use most, Ezzy, to describe it is, is tone deaf, I, I thought. 
Yeah, I, I, that, that's fair enough. I, the timing was odd yeah. to me. Like when people, I, I honestly didn't see it. Um, and then when it came out, I was kind of like, okay, you know, season ticket drive, you know, I understand. I, I was thinking like, uh, like are, are, is True North like getting people ready for the playoff tickets, right? But the Jets hadn't clinched a playoff spot yet. So I was confused. Then I watched the video and it was narrated by Kenny Omega, who's obviously one of the best wrestlers of all time. So that was cool. But yeah, I, I, it was just, it was kind of confusing and, and, and there was kind of like, kind of cryptic language, but not so subtle, not so cryptic. You know what I mean? You guys are obviously, you know, know what I'm talking about with the kind of reference at the end to, yeah. you know, the Jets will continue to be here um, as long as <laughs> Question mark. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So uh, it, it was a little bit toned down. Dun, dun, dun. But, I mean, you know, if, if you know, I, I we're going to get into the contest here, but the, the reality of the situation is a lot has changed since 2011, right? And most recently, the biggest thing that has occurred is the pandemic. So we're coming out of a pandemic. I mean, look, the, the economy is uh, it's it's a weaker economy. Everybody knows what you know. Everything is more expensive: gas, groceries, everything. Um, I think there's a lot of factors here. We're 12 years in. I think there's a lot of fans that are disappointed with the results, you know, namely the Jets missing the playoffs last year. I mean, I don't, I don't think most people at the beginning of the season thought the Jets were going to miss the playoffs, and they almost missed the playoffs this year, right? So I, I think there's a lot of people who are rethinking spending thousands of dollars on season tickets, right? So, uh, and, I, 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 and I don't think this was the right way to go about um, encouraging people to buy season tickets. I would agree. And Dave, I'm not a, uh, I don't have a PhD in marketing, but sure. I'm, smart, I'm smart enough to know that if you launch a marketing campaign and then within you know 12 to 18 hours of launching that campaign, you have to do damage control about the campaign you just launched. Something has gone wrong with your marketing campaign. Yeah, no, I mean, look, I, I think that they tried... I think what they were trying to do is they were trying to they were trying to capture the emotion of Winnipeggers. The problem is that a lot of Winnipeggers, especially folks who are old enough to remember the Jets 1.0 leaving, yeah, who are your season ticket base in large part, a lot of those people who grew up with the Jets leaving, having that scar, you know, live on your soul knowing that the Jets have left once before. I think it was trying to evoke something and perhaps the people who, who created this campaign weren't in Winnipeg at the time to understand how that message would play out with Winnipeggers, but it was the wrong message. I, it really was like, you know, you look at the, the, you want to build on the way Winnipeg could support things and, and Winnipeg does a fantastic job. And people say, I've heard people tell me Winnipeg isn't a hockey town, which I think is nonsense. I've heard people say that Winnipeg isn't good. Like guys, if you guys remember, Winnipeg did the World Juniors better than anyone back in the day. I think the Winnipeg won the first ever Olympic gold medal in hockey. If we're not a hockey town, who is? No, but I'm just saying that that we we as a community support, yes. you know. But it's not unbridled. It's not just like okay, here you go. Here's you get oh, everything. Line support. That's right. It's it's yeah. it, like again. So so, but I think that the message was trying to, you know, resonate with those folks who are your season ticket base or could potentially be your season ticket base and evoking those memories, the good memories of the, of the, of the jets 1.0. But the problem is it played on fear that a lot of folks, you know, felt tone deaf. And look, I saw one of the comments just now, and I'm sure some other folks have said this. Some people weren't bothered by the tone. And, and the reality is it speaks, you're allowed to speak to whomever, whomever, but the, but the problem was 
there were a lot of people who were upset with the tone. And if there's a lot of people who are upset with the tone, then you're not doing what is your goal, which is to, you know, get people talking about a campaign to support your product. Right. And so when Mark Chipman has to go and do a second interview with the free press yeah. and, and talk let about, let me just stop you for a second there. Why that's so significant. Mark Chipman hasn't spoken to the free press in, I would say at least three or four years, mm-hmm. you know, in a one-on-one situation. Like the, he spoke with Martin Cash, who's the free press business reporter. I know that some of our colleagues in the sports department have requested interviews with Mark Chipman and they've been turned down flat. I believe that the, and I don't know this for fact, but I'm going to say that I believe strongly. I know that the rift started when former free press columnist, uh, Paul Wiesick, uh, used some uh, uh, colorful language. Colorful language in describing, uh, you know, Mark doesn't Chippen matter. Anyway, the, the Chippen family and yeah. and their their you know in their in their auto dealership, which they have no reason to be. They, they can be they can be should be proud of their successful business. Paul Wiesick, uh you know, colored it in a very negative light and used a sort of a derogatory term. Sure. With, with regarding to car salesmen. Anyways, that's that's not the point. The point I'm making is that he went and he had to kind of flesh it out. And he had to say, listen, like, we're, there's no, like, literally the headline was, we are not leaving. And the reality was that it seemed like the push, there was a couple of things. One, in, in the original article by Martin Cash, and when he spoke to the business community at their luncheon, he revealed that they lost 3,000 season ticket holders. That's a big number. But as he's right, and this is the end of a, we're at the end of a pandemic, and the economy has changed vastly. And look, we're not going to go, they're not turning this into the illegal, uh, the <laughs> illegal, illegal business hour. Yeah, exactly. So it doesn't really make a difference about all that, uh, all those other external factors. I mean, it factors in, but I'm just saying that the campaign I think was well-intentioned, but I just think it was poor. I, again, I think it was well-intentioned. I think that there is a, there's a method behind it. I just don't think that they would, what they tried to evoke didn't, right hit Nobody. the right notes with the people that it was trying yeah. to reach. And, well, and the thing is, criti- people have been criticizing this, and, the, and the, the season ticket holders or Jets fans that have been defensive are saying, well, we need to get the season ticket base up. That's not – you're missing the point. Nobody's mad about that. Everybody agrees that the season ticket numbers need to be higher, right? Like, right. we all remember the drive to 13,000. The Jets got 13,000 season tickets. We, and did, I think like a, some, we did like a six-hour show on TSN 1290. Right. I, yeah, I think we did it live from the Tavern, if I'm not mistaken. You did. No, no. Sheldon yeah. popped on. No, you did. You yeah, right, was, that was yeah, the announcement that the team came back. The drive for third, like when the tickets went on sale and they sold out in 17 minutes, that well, was, we was a couple months studio. later. Yeah, that ah, was just a regular okay. studio yeah. show. But I think... You know, the point I was going to try to make is not only were there 13,000 season ticket holders, there were thousands of people on the wait list, right. something like seven or 8,000. So, I mean, now they're down to 10,000. So every, no, no, I mean, no Jets fan in the right mind, you know, is disputing that. It's right. the way the, it's the way, it's the fashion in which the Jets encourage people that season ticket numbers need to go up by, by basically threatening Jets fans and saying that if Jets fans aren't, and, and it was a subtle way, obviously, uh, but they were veiled threats, right? That's what people have an issue with here. And I yeah. think, you know, everyone agrees, like Brent Bellamy's talking about it here. Like the Jets need to put a winning product on the ice, not just the team that makes the playoffs, but a team that goes to the third round, that wins a Stanley Cup or goes to the Stanley Cup final. That's what fans want. And I think the lack of direction of this team, like we don't know, like is is Pierre-Luc Dubois going to be traded after this year? Is Mark Scheifele going to be traded? Is like... You know, the direction is pretty unclear. Whether the Jets win a round or, or they win two rounds, 
Yeah. I think it's tough to see really where this team is going. Like, is this, is this going to be a rebuild on the fly? Is it going to be a retool? Like I have no idea, but there's a couple of players. No, actually not a couple. There's four players that have one year left on their contract. Guys, and, and I don't think all four of those guys are going to be back. So I and, think there's a, there's a lot of things happening here look, I think um, that have led to this point. There's a couple factors here. I think, first of all, if their goal of this marketing campaign and, and is, was to, increase the number of season ticket hold uh, season ticket holders from the business community well they missed that they missed that messaging they didn't get that messaging right that's what mark chippen was saying at the at the launch of that at the chamber of commerce meeting and that's what he said in the subsequent interview in the with martin cash is like that this was targeted not necessarily at the joe average private, season yeah, ticket holder but it was it, it was targeted at the business community well, if that's your goal, that's fine, but you missed on that one. That was just a big miss is, yes. is what, it, what it breaks down to because what you did is you, you offended your average ticket buyer and average ticket holder. And that's you know something that you that you should probably want to look into as to how you miss well, that. Battle. Sorry, Drew, to but cut then, you off just quickly. I just wanted yeah. to say, but the average ticket holder is the vast majority. Like the business ticket holder is not the big base of the season ticket holder. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, isn't a big percentage of the season ticket holder base. That's why, to your point, I mean, you should be encouraging everybody, businesses, individuals, families, friends, everybody. And the thing is, that video and that campaign, nobody could tell if that was directed at businesses or whatever. It's just directed at, at people who want to possibly buy tickets, right? So I agree with you. They completely missed the who they were targeting this at. That they 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 missed it badly, and I targeting I still, this too. I should yeah say. yeah. I I I still don't see any introspection from True North as to why their their numbers have dwindled. I don't see them, and and this is something that I think they should have needed to do for years. I don't see them, you know, you know, exploring truly why people have run away. Is it the pandemic? Sure, it might be, but. I'll be blunt. It's expensive. Well, no, it no, is expensive, expensive to go to hockey games. Of course it's expensive. But I'll be blunt is that they don't do enough to make people want to go. They don't do enough to uh I, I just don't think they make their the their 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 buying public feel appreciated and, and provide a good enough customer service. I've used this example before, but I think it's it's a very telling example. You go you buy a ticket to a bomber game. The, and you go to the bomber game, it's five dollars, it's five dollars for a beer up until kickoff. Great. It's a nice little promotion. It's something that makes people, you know, they come to the games, they want to drink a beer. The Jets do something similar, but I think the, and the difference between the two just says everything about it. The Jets do something similar. It's five dollar beer, not until puck drop, but it's five dollar beer until the end of warm-up. Well, the end of warm-up is oftentimes like 25 minutes before the game begins. That doesn't appeal to anybody. You're a lot doing... of people. A lot of people aren't even in the building until of course five minutes the before the that. game starts, right? Especially on a Monday night against San Jose, people aren't showing up to the game an hour beforehand for a five-dollar beer. It's just little things like that. Sure. There's no reason why they shouldn't be able to do the same offering, but it just says, "Look at the customer service that." you know, one sporting event is offering and look at the customer service and the, and the promotions that another one is offering. So to me, 
it leaves a sour taste in my mouth when I see that big difference and I chalk it up to nothing. Uh, there's just no reason for it. If you're going to offer the promotion, try and do it so that act- people can actually take advantage of it. It's just small, easy sure. to fix things like that, that for whatever reason, which I would describe as low-hanging fruit, they yeah. refuse to pick that low-hanging fruit. Well, and I think what it comes down to, and I know that they created that little council. I don't, I mean, I haven't heard any. No, no, I know. But look, they did with the intention of doing something yeah. I have no it idea called, whether for, that... for people who don't know what Dave's talking about is it was called a fan advisory council, I believe. Right. right. Yeah. And they created this with a, with a cross section of fans who will volunteer their time and, and, you know, we've seen them on sometimes on the videos, blah, blah, blah. But I think like ultimately, again, I don't know what kind of impact they've had. Uh, more importantly though, I do want to agree with the sentiment by Kenny's water bottle who said, <laughs> I heard the IC guys are using the Jets marketing campaign as our own way to threaten the end of the show, unless he supported the show. So he gave us a nice little donation. I'm not going to say that everyone should do that. Hint, hint. Thank you, Kenny. But but thank you to Kenny's water bottle. We always appreciate that. It's unnecessary, but we accept it all the less, nonetheless. But no, I mean, look, it's just, again, I mean, hey, look, what do they say? Sometimes they say that, you know, if people are speaking about you, it's better than not talking about you at all. Well, people no, have been talking no, they, about the Jets yeah. for, for some time, you know, with respect to this. They were talking about it on 32 Thoughts or the Jeff Merrick show with Friedman and Merrick. But the reality is, and again, the sentiment is, this Jets, I, I mean, I think the overall overarching theme is that, look, guys, at the end of the day, Mark Chipman has, is, is in, this is a business. It, you know, he's there to make money. Right. I, 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 he loves the team. I'm not, I don't question that, but he's there to make money. He's made a lot of money. Now he doesn't, he hasn't realized that money because it's a, it's a value. It's not a, it's not a tangible amount of money he has in the bank, but the, the obviously the, the value of the franchise has increased like sixfold. And, you know, he's got, he's invested. I mean, that's the other thing that people have to realize. I mean, Mark Chipman is invested in this downtown being successful. And one of the things that needs to be successful is an NHL hockey team, I think. So if you're going to have that, you know, what he's building with all the hotels and the condos and everything like that, you need this as your anchor sort of to the and downtown. Every, and, and, and you're 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 right. And everybody knows that. But I think that, you know, what what has irked Jets fans about this whole thing is that they want more value. That, that's that's what Drew is getting at here. Like they they want more value for what I just like, think they don't want to be taken for granted, and they want to they and they want to be treated with just a little bit more respect. And maybe that's also the respect from the general manager in talking to fans and explaining you know the course of action and what the plans are and things like that. Instead of just saying nothing, I think just it's all you know. It, 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 it's all sort of uh, part of the culture that they that they've developed there, and part of the culture that they send out publicly. That this is their image is that we will tell you what you need to know when we determine uh, you know when you need to know it, and, and and everything else. And there's no sort of give or take in my and, experience. And you're right, and the thing is, like the fan appreciation game, yeah. the Jets absolutely nailed that. Right, like jerseys off sure. the back, like that, that but it can't just be one game, right? Like it's got to be all 41 plus, you know, if there's obviously playoffs and exhibition games, right? Um, but you're right, Drew. I mean, that, that's what it's come down to, right? Like it's been 12 years since the Jets have come back. Yeah. And it's not like like it was back in 2011, 2012, where like, don't get, like, again, I, I want the season ticket base to go up. I want, you know, the Jets to sell out every single game. That's not what I'm saying here. Um, but right. this is but real money that, that people, that real people, I'm you want that as a Winnipegger. You want that as, as oh, a, absolutely, as a, as a yeah. Winnipeg. And and like the people that are saying, you know, about the team leaving, like that's way 
way too early to start talking about that. The well, Jets have they're very the ones talking about it. That's the problem. They're the ones who are sure. they're the ones who who put that out into the ether. Now maybe they didn't intend to, but if they didn't intend to, then you somebody should have said, "Hey, what are we actually saying in this video?" I'm telling you right now. I, I I'm telling you right now. I really don't. I I believe it was just a misstep. I really don't think it was a threat. I think it was a attempt to evoke and and to to not prey upon, but to try and get people to resonate with people again of our age who buy season tickets, who go to these games, who support this team and say, you've been down this road before, but not in it. Like we're not going to do this tomorrow. I, I really do. I just think it was a bad marketing campaign. I really do. Yeah. Like when I watched the video, I watched that video the first time it came out. First of all, the website came out and it said forever Winnipeg. I thought well, that's a curious name, mm-hmm. you know? Okay, sure. And then I watched the video and I went, huh, that was, that was, that was odd. And, and I, I was That's thinking exactly oh, what I thought. I didn't, I just didn't understand. I, the message was unclear. The message, it, it, everything about it was just not, it was bad. I just think again, like I said, like, I'm you know sorry, what? I don't even know. I know like, like, every, like, again, going back to what we were saying before, everybody realizes the season ticket base is down. Everybody wants it to go up. This was just not the, this was not the right marketing. Uh, it, it just was, it was not the, the right Guys. way to do it. As he let's just let me just let me just wrap this up in a neat little bow. If you need marketing advice, come to the three guys who came up with the grid park commercial, came up with the Rollies commercial, or the GST line, GST line. I mean, come on, people. Uh, yeah. I mean, we're not we're not in bank- the business. They'll be bankrupt in no time. We're, flat. we're not in the business of working for organizations, I, yeah. but unless I'm doing color for the moose. I think the saying that we're looking for is the road to hell is paved with good intentions, because I think that's uh, maybe not the name of our show. No, that's not the name of our show, but that's maybe what they they had good intentions here, maybe. But like I said, it that oftentimes well, our, our slogan is, not is the enough. road the road to hell is paved with good food. That's actually our ah slogan. yes, there you go. Yeah. Uh, in any event, there you go. We had to touch on it. it was, people have been talking about it, so we have to get our two cents in as well. And let's never talk about it again. Well, yeah. until until there's a reason to talk about it again, I, I would say uh, illegal curve merchandise contest. We've done eighty one of these. The winner is in the chat. The winner is in the chat. So we've done 81 of these. We've been giving away Jets gear all season long. It's time to give away the final piece of Jets gear. Let's (laughs) hold on one second. I like what see look at Frosty. Look at this. Here's a perfect example. I've lost Ginsburg. Wait, he's enjoying the Jets tonight, and so should you. (laughs) There you go. Advertising with a legal curve works. The proof is right there. Guys, hold on, Joe. Sorry, just to prove the point I made, Ezzy, and you'll appreciate this. When Ez and I walked into the uh, into the arena one night, and we're like, I don't know why, actually. Oh no, you know what it was? And all of a sudden, the Jets were selling GST shirts. Now, for the record, we never got our uh, our our honorarium from the Winnipeg Jets for for using our intellectual property. If anybody right? listening has one of those GST shirts in size double XL, I would definitely <laughs> take them because. I haven't. I've never seen it. Like I it's remember, they were on the shelves, but you don't see anybody wearing them, Dave. I mean, that was from ten years ago too. So those have probably made their way to Value Village at this. But point. it was actually. But it was funny though because like even like I remember there was some, one of the car dealerships. I don't remember which one. I saw it on the cover of like it's like maybe a Free Press or the Sun. But like it was like right there, and it was like GST, GST. I'm like, is everybody going to use our gold? Like what is going on here? Yeah, I don't think we're going to get those royalties ever, Dave. No, I don't think so either. Uh, let's uh, get back to the merchandise contest after you guys digressed us so well. There. That was a good digress. That was a very good digress. Uh, the merchandise contest winner has been in the chat for most, if not all, 82 yep. games this yes. season. We got him. 
it's taken a long, long time to get to this point, but a hearty round of applause for today's merchandise contest winner, Leslie Michnick. One of our favorites, that a boy, Leslie. Leslie. You have finally done it. You have finally achieved the Holy Grail. You have finally climbed Mount Everest. <laughs> Number 82. All at once, you have finally done it. You are the winner of the Illegal Curve merchandise contest for game number 82 we've given away these prizes for the last 82 games and less i mean leslie time. just so you know you're not going to get your merch till like sometime in 2026 but <laughs> you're the winner and that's what's important for you to to realize so congrats to leslie yeah. no, no no we're going to show up to leslie's house in a limo and uh, present that on a silver platter and by limo he means his uh, astro van yes <laughs> exactly yeah. there you go congratulations to leslie Oh, sorry, Drew. I was yeah, gonna thank you. I put it up there already. Congratulations to Leslie for winning the Illegal Curve merchandise contest. Uh, it's been a fun contest to run. So a uh, big thanks to everyone who's been participating in that contest all season long. It, it wasn't it, easy to run, I'll tell you that much, but it was a fun, it was fun to be able to give away Jets hats and shirts and t-shirts. And I know there's some of you who have still not received your stuff, including probably is your boy, Bruce. Actually, maybe he has, I don't even remember. There's a, there's, there's still a bunch of people that I have to reach out to. And you know what? Agreeing to do this contest in the middle of uh, uh, the season, not my smartest move, but like I said, I, you guys will all, and girls will all get your merch. I've got everybody on a master list. So you will, everyone will get it. And I appreciate you bearing with me uh, and, and being patient with my uh, tardiness. Procrastination is one of my, uh, one of my bad habits. So I'll eventually, I will get around to it. I've got a little window of time now. So I will try and get out a bunch more uh, this week. And Well, this week's already over, but yeah. at least next week for sure as well. There you go, Dave. I'm working hard to get that for everybody uh, to give them all the, uh, the uh, prizes and get them out to them. As he's going to be picking a tough duck contest winner. So we're trying to find somebody for that as well. And then, of course, this will give me an opportunity to remind everyone that if you haven't already done so, smash the like button, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, be sure to join us Saturday morning for the Illegal Curve post-game show. I know that everyone's asking about the watch party. I get that. Or it's not even the watch party. It's the live broadcast of the Illegal Curve post-game show. That's what it's called, folks. It's the live broadcast of the Illegal Curve post-game show. We are going to find some... We're trying to finalize the details. It does depend, of course on the playoff schedule. So until the playoff schedule is known, we can't finalize any details. As soon as we can finalize things, keep it locked to our uh, social media accounts, our Twitter feed, our Instagram feed, our Facebook feed, and of course the website, illegalcurve.com. We will give you all the details just as soon as we have them for you about the Illegal Curve uh, post-game show, the live broadcast of this show that we're hoping so many of you will come and join us for next week. Again, details still being worked on. If somebody can get the NHL to release the playoff schedule, that would make our lives a lot easier in trying to uh, figure these things out. But uh, Drew, we, yes, before we get to that, you know, we started a poll 30 minutes ago. Okay. We got almost 200 votes. Excellent. I'm going to hit end poll. Okay. The vote Went fifty-seven percent in favor of Edmonton. Yes. So the the majority. Hold on, Jets of, fans want to play Edmonton. Yeah, that's what it looks like. That's what the uh, wow, they said. Surprising. Yeah, fifty-seven percent said Edmonton, and somehow it says forty-two percent. Doesn't make sense. Uh, pick Vegas. So 
I thought it was going to be like 90% Vegas. So I guess 57% of the audience wants the Jets season to end quicker. I guess that would be No, true, true. Come on. People have different opinions. And so uh, we'll see. Kenny's water bottle. He was starting to make up some points as to uh, see Phyllis saying on Winnipeg Sports Talk, 80% vote for Vegas. So uh, the audience, I don't know if the audience changed their minds. Who knows? But uh, we will see what happens. It's nighttime. The the audience might be more drunk than they were during the day. That's also equally possible. Well, they're going to be late night games. If it's Edmonton or in Vegas, it is going to be some late game one and game two, a legal curve post game show, but we expect now, look, you guys are all OGs, but there's going to be a lot of other people. You're going to have to show them the ropes because like we said, like we teach them how to behave. That's right. You know, because like we saw the last, I mean, the last show unexpectedly was like eight, almost 800 folks in the chat, but the OGs, you guys knew what to do. You kept them in line. You're going to have to do that again because there probably be a big influx again, but we'll, we'll keep things rolling smoothly. Yeah, like Leslie Mitchnick. He, he yeah. waited till game 82. He's an OG. He'll keep it real. <laughs> do we need security in the, in the live chat? Is that what we're going to need for, uh, for the game? Yeah. Wait, wait, is JB offering to buy me a drink at the Greenbrier on main street in Rupert's land? Cause that's like my hood. So if that's the case, I'll, I'll go there. It's fine. There you that's go. our tough duck, hardest hitting comment. Uh, sorry, Drew. I had to go back. I, yeah, uh, no, it's all good. You, yeah. you got it up there. Yeah. Craig Penner, who's often watching the IC post game show. Hopefully Craig is watching. Uh, this was a meaningful game for the black aces, obviously, uh, you know, talking about the guys that uh, haven't been regulars in the lineup, trying to prove they belong. A number of those guys like Axel showed they did and could compete while, while doing it. Obviously Axel Janssen Fialbi had a big game for the jets. Scored a big goal. Um, and, you know, Carson Kuhlman, I thought, looked good. Uh, Kyle Capabianco, Logan Stanley, the Black Aces. So, Craig, send me an email, Ezra at IllegalCurve.com. You are the final regular season winner of the Tuck, Tough Duck Hardest Hitting Comment. So just send me your mailing info and Tough Duck will ship out a toque. And we are going to continue the Tough Duck Hardest Hitting Comment contest with apparel that is more spring-oriented. Tough Tuck booty shorts. Very excited to give away Tough <laughs> Tuck booty Ezzie, shorts. And thongs. And thongs. Don't forget. Ezzie will be modeling both. Uh, and then Tough Tuck will be going out of business. So there you go. <laughs> and our eyes will be, and we'll be Oedipusing our, our, ourselves. Eedipusing ourselves. That's funny. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that's it for tonight, folks. Uh, go watch the end of the uh, Kraken and the Golden Knights. It's still 1-1 latter half of the second period. We will know within about, uh, let's say, maybe an hour, maybe an hour and uh, 10 minutes, who the Winnipeg Jets will be facing come playoff time and when those games will be. And, of course, we will bring you all of that on IllegalCurve.com. Uh, big thanks to all of you for joining us tonight. Big thanks to all of you for joining us all regular season long. And we're excited to keep it rolling with you sometime next, or never mind next week, Saturday morning with the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. And then sometime next week with the playoffs. You know that we, we go through the 82 games just to get to the playoff time. So that's when it's going to be at its most fun. And these chats will be rollicking and raucous, no doubt. Uh, big thanks to all of our sponsors here on the Illegal Curve post game show. Our friends at. Uh, Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, Linden Market Dental Center, Zapia Group Realty, Betway, Tough Duck, Boston Pizza, Seagram's, Rolly's Transfer, Grid Park, and The Keg support these fine businesses because of their continued support of illegal curve hockey. 
For Dave Manuk, for Ezra Ginsburg, I'm your host, Drew Mandel. Until Saturday at 9 a.m., we wish you good night. We wish you good luck. Thanks for watching this postgame show and the 81 postgame shows that preceded it. We'll see you on Saturday morning. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.